All right, welcome into episode 77 of the Hot Grits Podcast, season four, episode 17. We're recording on July 26th, Monday evening. Spencer is gone this week, so a little bit of a special episode. Mike Anthony will join me for the first half, and we'll talk all things Olympics. We'll talk some college football realignment, also some baseball, as the Braves are, as always, one game under 500 when we record. On the second half, my interview with Carter Holton, the Benedictine phenom, and future Vanderbilt Commodore baseball player uh, talking all things baseball with Carter Holton on the second half. So stay tuned. Thanks for joining us for the 77th time. It's the Hot Grits Podcast. My name is Van Johnson. I'm 67th mayor of the city of Savannah. I'm pro go Let's go. That's all we needed. Ain't nobody gonna rip like me, spit like me, flip like me, drop them hot grits like me, it's like me, just like me. Nah. Ain't nobody gonna rip like me, spit like me, flip like me, drop them hot grits like me, it's like me, just like me. Nah. All right, welcome in. It's episode 77 of the Hot Grits Podcast. Mike Anthony joining me from Atlanta over the phone because Spencer, as per usual, jet setting across the world for his 29th birthday. Uh, it's been his birthday for now two weeks, Mike, but I appreciate you joining me. Oh, yeah. Good to be back. Is Spencer one of those birthday week guys? Bro, it's been not every year, but yeah, it's he's been like that, like, uh, I think last Monday. So we're recording you and I Monday night, July 26th. And I think a week ago today, he had like a little get together shindig downtown. Uh, <laughs> it just kept going. <laughs> right, dude, and it was just like now he's like out of town for his birthday and all this for the 29th birthday. I, I can't imagine. Well, that's one of those things birthday. you have to do in your 20s because as you'll soon find out, you know, once you get to the 30s, those uh, seven day parties just aren't well, I'm in my mentally, emotionally an option anymore. I'm in my mid 20s right now, so I still have time. I know. I'm just saying get, get it while you can get it. Okay. Yeah. Like I, if I went more than two days, I would literally die. What else should I do before I turn 30? You're an old guy. Uh, I mean, I got to see my team actually win a world championship in baseball, so that'd be fun for you to do. You are such a son of a bitch. Years, you are so. a son of a bitch, the way you I'm come on saying, after it, all like, this you time. You can party harder to celebrate it, is all I'm saying. All right, Mike, we're going to talk. <laughs> I'm just going to move right along from that, my friend. We're going to talk uh, about the Bravos, who just went final. They beat the Mets 2-0 as we record this. They're one game under 500, uh, as they always are when we record the Hot Grits podcast. But we're also going to talk some college football uh, realignment, the Olympics. I saw you had a tweet the other day about fixing, or was it a Facebook post about fixing the Olympics? I got yeah, yeah, just an idea. I got to ask you about that for sure. Also, Deshaun Watson in the news again. We love him on this podcast, so we're going to have to definitely talk about that. But first, I'm going to tell the folks about Coach's Corner in Savannah, our title sponsor. Coach's Corner in Savannah, 912-352-2933-3016 East Victory Drive. They're up to 8.23 billion TVs now at Coach's Corner. Hot wings, cold beers. Tell them the Hot Grits podcast sent you when you go. Also check out uh, Rubbin' and Grubbin', the NASCAR show with Brandon Bain. That's on YouTube. Go subscribe to their channel. Rubbin' is for grubbin' or grubbin' is for eating, something like that. They have a cool slogan, but it's an even cooler show. So go subscribe there and on the Coach's Corner Facebook page. Also check out the Who's On First Baseball podcast a podcast part of the Coach's Corner Sports Network. That's with Carl DeMossi and Kyle Lawson. Check them out on Podbean and also on Facebook. Uh, Mike, after that lengthy and incredible ad read by your boy, uh, I want to start with, uh, what do you think, college football or the Olympics? I'll let you pick. 
Uh, you know what? I, I think college football is going to be something that just owns the next month of discussion. It sounds like it's getting crazy again. Yeah, I don't want to like delve too deep in it. I'll open the floor for you. Like, obviously, the big news: Texas, Oklahoma leaving the Big Twelve. Probably. What does this mean, like big picture? I've heard uh, Booger McFarland say, like, uh, what was he saying? He was saying uh, that this might be the start of the minor leagues for the NFL, like two power conferences uh, revolving around the ACC and SEC, both with 16 teams, which would equal 32 teams, the exact amount of NFL teams, like a minor league, and like the dissolving of the NCAA. Yeah, you know, we've all heard the minor league discussion for – yeah, we've heard the minor league discussion for years, and I, I kind of look at it a little bit differently. Uh, I've, you know, as a, a Georgia Southern beat writer, Georgia Southern alum, you know, I've kind of made this argument to uh, some fans throughout the last decade, uh, especially since they moved up, that you know the writing was kind of on the wall that the NCAA, for all the, you know, let's just call it for what it is, horseshit that they put up over the last two, three decades of sports, it was only a matter of time before the main schools got too rich to be controlled by the uh, NCAA. And I think that's really what you're seeing here. Last year, you saw the pandemic. The NCAA was caught with its pants down. I mean, how long did that go last summer with not a word coming out of Indianapolis (laughs) as far as structure, as far as guidelines? I I mean, do you you remember that last year, Travis? Yeah, yeah, bro. They're the only organization that could have pulled that off. They're the only ones that could have, like – just stayed silent for that long. I mean, but they got away with it for like four or five decades prior to that in yeah. not such an exact light, I guess. But. but but my point is that conferences, even in individual schools, they were all scrambling, trying to come up with plans. Of course. And meanwhile, the the institution that's supposed to be governing all of them is totally silent on the matter. And I think that, you know, what you're seeing here is Texas and Oklahoma, you know, it's all always always going to be all about the money. But like, I think they saw that, you know, we've gotten too big for the NCAA's britches. There's really nothing they can do about this. Yeah. With the NIL rulings, they've lost a good chunk of their power. And last year, the entire sporting world saw, you know, behind the NFL, I would argue that college football is the second biggest sport in America. Certainly in the, the South. Entire, I mean, certainly yeah, in the South. And, and the entire sports world just saw last year that those schools could pretty much take care of themselves. So if now the NCAA doesn't even have the cudgel of keeping all the money away from the players, you know, what, what power do they have to do anything? If Texas or Oklahoma gets a wild hair or any conference decides, Hey, we're, we're going to be 20 teams now and pay out. Well, okay. uh, Yeah. But so the NCAA, the NCAA is going to lose power, but is that good? That's good. Right. That's what we want. I I think it is. Um, Somebody's got to have the power. It's either going to be the conferences or, an organization above them, whether it's called the NCAA or not, somebody's right. got to have the power. We got to hand it to some old white guys. I mean, right. Right? And, that gets, like, and that gets back to my original point is I don't think it's going to necessarily turn football into a minor leagues. I mean, in, in a sorts it will, but it's always been that way because sure. it's the last step before the NFL. But I, I think that what you're going to see is, you know, a, a redivision of division one, you know, it used to be, 1A, 1AA, now it's FCS, FBS, uh, but and you've got the P5 and G5 within the FBS, and, and I think you're just going to see a re-splitting into the haves and have-nots where, you know, you can still call yourself FBS if you're one of the G5 uh, conference schools now, but right. it's going to be run, it's unfair enough when it's uh, run by the NCAA, do you really think that they're going to get 
any crumbs thrown their way. If you're a Cincinnati, if you're a Boise State, if you're a Houston, unless you manage to get into one of these super conferences, if they're running the show, do you really think that you're going to get any time of day? Absolutely not. I think that uh, maybe not minor leagues, but what you're going to see is a for-profit 50-60 to 60 team uh, re-splitting of the FBS into basically a new 1A, 1AA. But what are they going to – so what? So if you're – well, let me ask you this first. Have you thought about reaching out to the uh, Sunbelt Conference? Those are your people. I mean – I wonder what this does for them. I wonder what they're thinking. Well, well the thing is, I, I would think that they might see that writing on the wall, but A, you can't really do much about it. When you're a school like Georgia Southern who, you know, they're kind of in the middle of the Sun Belt in terms of operating budget, in terms of uh, donations. But even if you go up to the top, the uh, Louisiana's, the the App States, you're still talking about maybe $30 million of it's operating State, budget for athletics. Yeah, it's App State and everyone else. Whereas, but, but whereas, yeah, but they're even not that far out in front of the rest of the conference. And when you compare them to even the bottom of a P5 conference, what would that be? A Vanderbilt? Um, well, it depends you know, on how you're comparing. I mean, are you talking about the budgets? Yeah, you're right. I'm talking about budgets. You can't compete, so you'll never be invited. They're not just going to hand you all that money over to get you on their level, to drag you up, even if they like you as a school. It's just not going to work. Anybody, you know, you hear uh, uh, the Georgia states of the world, they say, oh, we're a, a, an academic titan in a huge city. We should be able to, to bump up. Well, no, you don't. You have a, an athletics budget of $22, $23 million. No one is going to invite you to come play with guys with nine-figure budgets. And so, plus, doesn't it matter still? Like, And I know we're talking about money for the most part. I get that. But doesn't it still matter? Like, You also have to be a really good athletic program, right? I mean, that still yeah, matters some. I get the market for Georgia State, and I get all that, and it's a grow, and you know, their enrollment grows. I get all that. I get all that. But you still have to like hang your hat. They don't have any. Pro- I mean, the the NCAA tournament, I guess, brought them mm-hmm. some awareness, Mike. But like, which, by the way, is you know we talked about the most popular sports, but by far the most profitable one sporting property uh, is the March in Madness. the entire country is March Madness for sure, yeah. for sure. But we haven't seen a twelve team format yet. I, I have a feeling that those numbers would compete. I mean, over a four week. I guess what four week time frame, right? Is the yeah, twelve yeah, team that, is the twelve team playoff even going to stay now with Texas and Oklahoma? Well, I mean, it's only been proposed. I don't think any contracts have been signed yet. No, have no nothing. So nothing's official until you get that ink down. True that. Hey, um, were you mad at the Sun Belt for putting Georgia State's graphics behind Chad Lunsford and the boys in in New Orleans? I mean, they're just incompetent that's can, all I can, can you say. believe it like they just it's, uh it's, them, it's espn it's not even a georgia southern georgia state thing mike mike mike, mike 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 the sunbelt put up the entire grab like if a guy from espn says georgia state instead of georgia southern i'm gonna give him a pass if, right if the conference puts up the graphics for the rival school behind right. the coach at media day you had right. all year to get ready for this yeah. and i even saw somebody point out it's on Twitter, incredible like a, a month beforehand, the order of all these schools that were going was posted a month beforehand. Georgia Southern was the first one. How do you like? Just how do you how do you mess it up? They weren't even going back to back. Georgia State was like an hour and a half later. There were two or three schools in between. That how do you do that? 
How does Todd Bradley go from number 11 to number one, but he goes from Todd Bradley to Todd Bradley Glenn? Like he adds a name, but gets rid of a digit. Well, he added the uh, the name at the end of last season. I believe it was uh, senior night. That was his um, seventh year on campus, I believe. Yeah, his uh, his stepfather or adoptive father, you know, that was kind of a senior right. night tribute. It was actually pretty cool. Uh, you know, they announced him at a, a senior night and he came out in a new uniform, kind of like a, a more sentimental version of the uh, – uh, what was it, Joe Burrow putting the EAUX on his senior night jersey at LSU, which I thought was pretty cool, but even cooler is, uh, you know, adding someone into the family. Man, LSU kicked their ass that night. Yeah, they did. We got to see that up close and personal. I threw, that a, was, uh, I threw some coin on Burrow after that for the Heisman. But but you know what? You know what? Georgia Southern covered that game. No, no, they didn't. They did. No way. They did. I'm going to fact check that. Uh, in, the, the books. in the meantime, someone that I never have to fact check, John Carr Real Estate. John Carr in Savannah, wheeling and dealing, buying houses, selling houses left and right. He's up over $8 million worth of homes sold in the last calendar year. Think about that number, bro. Big budget, John. JohnCarrRealty.com, John Carr Real Estate page on Facebook. He would love the opportunity to help our listeners buy or sell today. So tell John the Hot Grits podcast sent you, and he'll hook you up on those listing fees. 912-228-0916. Uh, Mike, we got to be quick. I'm going to go Olympics. Men's basketball. Is Greg Popovich the worst thing to happen in the USA since maybe Cuban Missile Crisis? Maybe? Fuck that, dude. But he won him with David Robinson and Tim Duncan. He what has he done since then? Hey, Nobody wants to play right, for him. I, He's a prick. Well, for one, he kept that dynasty going far longer than it ever had any right to in uh San Antonio. He was basically playing Agreed. with the corpses of Ginobili and Parker and Duncan for four years after they should have won and they were still making conference semifinals and finals. Yeah, what have you done for me lately, though? He's actively well, killing the USA. I, I, I guess you can argue that in that span of greatness, the scope of the game changed, and now that he doesn't have any of his old guys left, he doesn't know how to rebuild them. Although, you can also say that he's the one that gifted the world Kawhi. You know, he kind of rose up. He was the last guy out of uh, San Antonio, so he birds him into NBA greatness. I, I think that the problem you're seeing in the Olympics is just that the American game is not what the rest of the world plays. And I don't know if it's selfishness. I don't know if it's just, you know, guys wanting to to be the one standing at the top of the podium or be the MVP or have the most uh, headlines. But they, they just – they're getting forced into playing a more European game and they're not ready for it. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I feel like I hear that from all the players. I get it, but – I feel like they you have to win, right? Talent, <laughs> Fuck. Well, that, that and the talent's gotten better. I mean, look at look at the pictures of '92 and '96. I mean, yeah, it looked but like like they, they it, went from winning. It looked like the Harlem Globetrotters taking on a middle school team, but so, now when you line up against France, against Slovenia, do against you think whoever, they should win the gold? Uh they can. I don't think they will. You don't? Are they the? They're the favorite. They're definitely the they best team. Bold prediction, they don't make the gold medal game. Yeah, that's not bold anymore. They just get their ass. Spencer, <laughs> Spencer lost so much coin on the – I wish he was here. Spencer oh, lost so much it, coin on that game. It's only not bold because you timestamped when we were recording this. I mean, Can I tell you this, though, dude? Mike, I don't know if you listened recently to any of our episodes, but Spencer bet 
USA France, thinking that it was USA Australia like two weeks ago. And he got, now, I mean, that's he a, gave up, he, he was giving away 18 and a half points. He bet this like on July 11th for July 25th game. But th- that's a Spencer problem. Those incredible country bro. abbreviations, <laughs> the, the country abbreviations, the flags, they're nothing alike. He bet it at 18 points, Mike, and he ended up by game time, it was like 12. <laughs> so he could have been giving, I mean, they lost outright, so it doesn't matter, but it's just right. hilar- a hilariously bad bet. And let's not forget that they were up by, what, double digits with, like, seven minutes left in that game, weren't they? Yeah. No, with, like, yeah, with four minutes oh. to go, they were up by seven. Um, let's talk about Australia. How is it that their flag colors are red, white, and blue, but all of their national team jerseys are green and yellow? Ooh. Why is that? I don't know. Why does their flag look – yeah, that's weird. Huh, did you see their swimming Wait, coach? Did oh, you yeah. see that highlight? Oh, this guy's he, an he's animal. He's already won Twitter for the Olympics, I think. What an animal. He set the bar high, at least. Dude, look, that race was electric. Like, I'm a once in four years type of swimming guy. Obviously, I'm tuning in for the three. I, I don't know if you want to mix electricity and swimming. I mean, we don't want to get anyone. Boo! Boo that one, dude. How old are you, Mike? What's that? How old are you? I'm 35. Boo that joke, 35-year-old man. <laughs> God, put him in a home. Uh, what else have you been watching from the Olympics? I, I watched the uh, the skateboarding. I thought it was cool. I'm, I'm an old man, and all these things are on at like 2 in the morning. Unless one of my kids is crying, I'm not watching Wait any Wait a second now. Are you telling me that you're not center. taping the men's 7-on-7 seven seven volleyball uh, matches at, like, at 2 a.m. and then re-watching them? You know, you know what? Men's volleyball is intense. It's a le- not beach volleyball. That's kind of weird. It's kind of fun if you're watching women's volleyball. But the 7-on-7 men's volleyball where it's a bunch of 6'10 dudes that can jump out of the gym, I mean, that's intense. You were going to get hurt if you weren't paying attention with those guys flying around. Agreed. How do we fix the Olympics? Didn't you have a proposal? Uh, I did. I did. Uh, I just always think it's kind of weird. I kind of feel bad for some of the countries where you you introduce the United States and they storm in there. I think we've got about 300-some people that qualify for the Olympics. And trust you. Then you've then you've got like random island nations that have like three, and you know that they probably uh, only qualified because nobody else showed up to the qualifying event. Right, right. Like you've seen it before, where like there's a swimming event where a guy manages to not drown, and that's why he qualified (laughs) from his nation because nobody else in that region could. Like the winning time's three minutes, and he gets in an eight. Yeah, you have to have someone qualify from every continent. I know that. Right, right. But but here's what I'm thinking. Olympics I don't even style. know how many total sports there are, but I say that we just take a bunch of countries. We can have a qualifying process to whittle it down from all, what, 250 nations there are. Let's get it down to, like, I don't know, 50 nations that qualify to be Olympic competitors. Or maybe they can even draft off of other ones that they beat. But you get down to it, and you've got these 50 qualifying Olympic nations and then each of those nations gets to bring 75 dudes, 75 chicks, and then you play out all the regular events of the Olympics, but you just have to choose from that pool. They can participate in as many events or as few events as they want, but you've got 75 dudes, 75 chicks, and you've got a field I'm not opposed for to that. every event. I'm not opposed to that. I'm not opposed to that. You think we could get in the top? Nah, not anymore. 
I was thinking maybe I could get my way into the top 75. Well, the, the, see, the thing is, the quality of the competition drops off a cliff. The entertainment goes way through the roof. Insane, yeah. I mean, you look at the betting odds, and uh, obviously Spencer doesn't pay attention because he's what an idiot! <laughs> what an idiot! But, but you look at some of the favorites for half the events. The favorites like a minus eight hundred. They just know who's going to win. Yeah. There's a dominant one or two athletes, and everybody else is just there to say that they were an Olympian. But now you take that out, like, say, you know, baseball's back in the games. Well, you could have five great pitchers, but you can't afford that if you've only got 75 guys. So, you know, you bring who's one of the better American pitchers out there. You know, you bring Jacob DeGrom, but everybody else is either going to have to be another couple baseball players that can throw a little. Baseball won't even let their dude. You can't even play because it's in the middle of their season. Right. Right. You just find somebody else that can get one over the plate. I mean, what do you what do you do? You yeah, might have know. your ace you can throw out there, but you got to have someone who can throw strikes. And you got four or five games, can't be the same guy, you know. Yeah, the swimmers. <laughs> yeah. Back in the day, you could have Michael Phelps on that anchor, but who else is going to be in there? Someone who can just get across the pool? Right, right. You can't like I, I'm thinking like Matt Kemp is leading off for the like, American team right now. Like you can't have Matt Kemp as your anchor on the four by one hundred. Right, right. Do you just totally punt some events? Like we, sorry, we just we'll. We'll get some big fat guy. Yeah, we'll I like a, this. I like we'll, this. I like this a we'll, lot, we'll, dude. We'll, we'll get just some guy to throw a shot put because we can't have an actual shot putter in here. We'll how are we going to work Title IX into this, though? How many minimum females or 75 each? Well, uh, 75 I male, 75 look, female? I would assume that with the events, it's a little bit more even than, say, like uh, the number of athletes on a, a college uh, athletics department's roster. Fair, fair. You know, with, the inclusion of football there's always way more guys than girls but in the olympics i would say it's pretty even i mean i can't think of there's no football so there's not one sport that has a a disparate number of uh, guys or girls on one team baseball and softball you know that's about the same maybe a few more for baseball but that's about it track and field they all run the same events do the same field events and popovich would be banned is this what we're saying or did i just add that what what was that? Popovich will be banned. Greg Popovich. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm on sure, board with this. Not? I'm on board with that. Okay, we're gonna workshop that. Put that away for a minute. Uh, Mike, do you think it's weird that Deshaun Watson's trade value is in the news more than his 22 pending sexual allegations? Uh, mm, I, I do. I do. I think it's weird. Yeah, that's, it's sticky. I mean, you can't blame the Dolphins. He's not technically suspended yet, so I guess try to or not Dolphins. That's just a name that I heard. You son to of him. a gun. You can't. <laughs> that was unintentional. Leave them out of this. Uh, but you can't blame the Texans. I guess if he's not suspended yet, you try to trade him for whatever he might be worth. For sure. Um, now, now the reported asking price is through the roof. Oh my God! Did you see? What was it? Five, five it high like, draft picks. So first or second yeah, round like picks. Three first round. <laughs> That's and, and and like an already serviceable NFL player, a contributing player. Yeah, like yeah. a starter. <laughs> That's nuts. That's through the yeah, roof. You can't. Yeah. But you know what? You know why that's coming out going out there though. That is intentionally being leaked. Of course, so that, at this precise so, time, so that, so that they can back down to like seventy five percent of that. And if someone's dumb enough to do seventy five percent of that, they pull the report right away, get him out of there. Now is your problem. Well, this news was out there before. Now what happened was Deshaun Watson said he was going to show up to camp, so that's why it became right. well. Yeah, so now they're paying him. Right. <laughs> so now it matters. Braves Phillies right now, Mike, are pretty much even in the standings uh, after that series. Uh, Braves are forty nine and fifty as we record this. They got a game with 
the Mets about to be played the second of uh, two on Monday. The Phillies are 49 and 49. Uh, Mets 52 and 45. How do we handicap the NL East? I mean, it's a mess. Bro, I still don't think the Braves are good enough. I don't think the Phillies are good enough. Yeah. um, You know, at this point, I think it comes down to the next four days. Who makes moves? Who doesn't? And sad to say that I know most of your listeners are Braves fans. And granted, you know, full disclosure, I'm a Phillies fan. If If you've never heard me on here before, I'm a diehard Phillies fan. But the thing is, the Phillies have more money and above that more willingness from the front office, I think to try to fix things supposedly, and but they it, haven't done anything yet. Neither have the Braves really. The Braves got Jock right. Peterson, they're, but they're also much healthier than the Braves. I mean, the Phillies True. don't uh, knock on wood, you know, they, all their superstars are currently healthy, which that absolutely sucked. I hate to see that for Acuna. That was rough. They got to get hopefully. a center fielder, man. Yeah. I mean, hopefully he can get back, but that that's, that's my problem for Braves fans. Like, they can hang in there, but A, you can't replace Acuna no matter what. B, with the rotation they have, even as good as Tukey's look coming back up, uh, even with Smiley having a better year than most, I think that if they add something, it won't be a starting pitcher. And if they get to the playoffs, they're going to hit the same roadblock they've hit every time since, what, 2013 yeah. that they've yeah. been to the playoffs, where you match up that rotation, it's not bad. But that rotation's not going up against the Dodgers or the Padres. Or no, the it's not even close. Not even close. That, but and, for Braves fans, so this series versus the hot, Mets. They're just, they, even if the bats stay hot, they can't out-hit those good pitchers, and their pitchers aren't going to be able to hang with it. So I think they add a couple bullpen pieces. But that's the other uh, thing is Liberty Media, they don't want to spend money. And when you're a team that hasn't been above 500 for one day all season – how is being above by a game or two with a day to go? How is that going to change? But the your Liberty mind? Media thing is all right if you're talking about like I don't see the Braves going and trading for Trevor Story, okay, with yeah, a guy yeah, that's I about to be. For, but there are sure. ways you can trade without spending money. You can spend capital in terms of prospects instead of money, right? True, so you can I go don't... get Starling Marte and Adam Duvall for nine million total. Yeah, yeah I mean and, that's. You know, I've talked to a few people, and honestly, I think that both the Phillies and the Braves would have the exact same wish list, at least as of two or three days ago. They seem very similar. Right. Because, well, they both need the same help. They both need uh, production in the outfield and a reliable bat, and they both need desperate help in the bullpen. And to me, the most cost-effective thing that both of them could do would be to make two separate trades, one for Sterling Marte, one for Kimbrell. Yeah, I mean... Because <laughs> Kimbrell, if you're willing to spend a little money, he's got an extra year left to get him for another year. You know, you give up a couple prospects for him, and then Marte, you know, he's a rental, but you see where you are with him. If he helps you and he gets you over the hump and everybody's behind you, maybe you can talk an extension or a new contract. If not, you can cut him loose and thanks for your service. But Kimbrell, either way, you know, you've at least got a much... Uh, uh, improved bullpen for the next 18 months. Mike, let's wrap up. Uh, how do they follow you on Twitter? Um, thank you for joining me, man. I, I wish Spencer would just be more responsible. Maybe now that he's <laughs> turning 29, uh, he'll take more responsibility for his role in this podcast, but um, we'll see, bro. It, it happens. I, I mean, I've only God, half my talking to Spencer is just in the form of uh, drunken midnight uh, <laughs> uh, 
uh, voicemails left to you guys trying to inspire you to greatness, but he never calls me back. Don't bring up bowling. <sighs> it still hurts, man. Don't bring up bowling. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I do need to say this at Spencer Maddox underscore at Spencer Maddox underscore. Don't you dare forget that underscore. And, and if you want to follow me, uh, get into the football season with Georgia Southern, uh, covering them for the Statesboro Herald. It's uh, at Herald GS Sports. And if you want to just follow me personally, it's at the best Mike A. All right, I'm at Jadon Sports at Podcast Grits for the show, hotgritspod at gmail.com. Rate, subscribe, follow, rate, subscribe, follow, rate, subscribe, follow. Uh, until episode 77, stay tuned. We'll have Carter Holton interview coming right up. Uh, this has been episode 77. Mike, let me get this right. Episode 77. So episode 78 will be next. Next week, Spencer will be back, hopefully, from turning 29, and we will move on from that for at least another year. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Stay safe. Wash your hands. You filthy animals. Peace. Hey, Spencer, can I ask you a question? Yes, sir. If your tooth is hurting, who do you call? What profession do you call? I think that'd be the dentist. You call the dentist, right? You don't pull your own tooth. No. If you have a problem with anything in your house, you need some home improvement stuff, you don't do it yourself. No, absolutely not. Who would you call? Uh, I'm not sure, but I think you're about to tell me. I think I'd call Bewley Oaks Home Improvement in Savannah. That's B-E-A-U-L-I-E-U. Bewley Oaks Home Improvement in Savannah is your spot for anything home improvement. Inside your house, outside your house, on top of your house, below your house. Tony at Bewley Oaks is your guy. Call him 912-667-5235. 912-667-5235. Call Tony and tell him the Hot Grits Podcast sent you. All right, we're joined now by Carter Holton, soon-to-be Vanderbilt Commodore, former Benedictine cadet, a star on the baseball diamond that we have talked about on this podcast before. Uh, Carter, thanks for joining us, man. Yes, thank you for having me. All right, so last week we talked about, or two weeks ago, we talked about your plans going into the MLB draft, and, and we gave all of our listeners your stats, and so they're all well aware of what you did in high school, which is just stupid, those numbers, and I'll ask you about those. Uh, moving forward but I wanted to ask you like during the draft process when that was all happening uh, I mean what what was it like for you the night before the draft and then moving into the draft day like what what was it like for you I was really just very anxious because it was obviously probably two months leading up to it that we were talking about it so I was really just anxious and then it's really not completely over until August 1st. They, the Brewers have the chance to try to sign me if they want to until August 1st. So once all of it's over, I'm sure my stress will go down some. So what has that been like? The Brewers call you in the – so, I mean, just, just to back up, the Brewers at 116 overall, the Cubs at 123 overall, and was it the Angels at, what, 110 overall? Those were the three teams kind of interested in you on the second day of the draft when, when we all thought – you were going to be picked. What, what was that process like in, in those phone calls? What were those like? It was really just they call about – they call my advisor about five, ten minutes before the pick, and then he relays it to me, and we kind of have about – usually about a minute to say yes or no. So it's kind of going in plan before draft day so we know what we're going to say whenever they do offer. Do you hang up the phone and then call them back, or do you like literally just mute the phone? Well, they would call him, and then he, he, we were texting, and he called me a couple times. But it was really just 
it was pretty much just no from my side because I knew what my number was already and they didn't offer it. So it was pretty much just a no. Hey, so listen, when, when they're offering numbers that are like, what was the numbers that they were offering that were short of 1 million? Like how close were they? Uh, the closest was 900,000. So when you, when you turn that down, like, do you, are you automatically thinking to yourself, like something else is going to come up and then it's, literally 20 minutes later and you're like, well, this might not happen today. Uh, kind of, but then I'm also like, I have Vanderbilt to go to. So it's not like it was a huge, <laughs> yeah. I didn't get a million dollars. Cause I know what the potential going to Vanderbilt can be in three years. What a legendary backup to be going to the best school, like the best baseball program in the country. What's that? I said, what a legendary backup plan to go, to be going oh, to yeah. like, the best yeah, baseball sure. program in the country. Um, yeah. all right, so, uh, Go ahead. I was just saying that's why I wasn't too too stressed out about not getting my number now because I know that I have the best baseball school to go to. Right. Um, all right. So moving back, you said that the Brewers have until August 1st to make a decision. So to explain that to me real quick, what the process will be like for you in the next couple of days dealing with that. I guess like a week out, right? It's really kind of – it's not really similar because there's not more than one team, but they're just kind of communicating back and forth to Jay, trying to pretty much trying to pull me off of my number because they have however much money left over after they signed their first sure. 10 picks to try to get me. So and they've been kind of asking questions and just staying in touch. And they, then they possibly offer more whenever they sign the rest of their kids. The Brewers ended up drafting you in the 19th round? Correct. Okay, so then that's why they have the, I guess, rights to, to be in contact with you until July first or until August first. Correct. Okay, cool. Um, all right, so let's get into some. I want I, we had to get that out of the way because we had to go through the logistics of what happened on draft day and everything like that. Like, I, I really think that what you did at BC, and I've said this on the podcast before, what you did at BC and then what you're doing now is unprecedented, and I think a lot of kids could learn from the way you handled yourself through this whole thing. Um, and, you know, besides the fact of having incredible numbers. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So, uh, Carter pregame playlist for you in the headphones and then pregame meal. W w what's your ritual? Uh, pregame meal kind of depends on when I'm playing because half the time it's late. Sometimes it's in the morning, but I don't like to, fill myself up too much before I go out there and play. I like to feel light. And then pregame music. Probably some probably some little baby, especially if I'm pitching, just kind of get me pumped up. Yeah, I love little baby. That's my dog. That's my dog. <laughs> yeah. All right, what about superstitions? You got any superstitions on the baseball diamond? Mm, not really. I mean, sometimes like during the playoffs – I'll get a few or I just make sure I wear the same stuff, but not very strong on superstitions. Do you ever look at other guys? Uh, I don't know if you've ever realized this, but some guys go through slumps at the plate. Uh, you, I mean, obviously you never did or on the mound. Do you ever <laughs> look at some guys and, and wonder like, cause in baseball, man, it's so fleeting. Some guys can be dominant in little league and, and high school and then just fall off the map or not get offers. Do you, do you ever look around and, and think like how crazy it is that you've been able to be so dominant for so long 
I mean, even though yeah, it's been at one level, you know what I mean? But it's yeah, because there's so many, there's so many really, really good players that I know that even some of the kids that got drafted and signed that they just have slumps sometimes, and which I have them too. It's just good to see that I can still go to Vanderbilt knowing that I ha- I'm gonna have slumps over over well, my career. Yeah, uh, again, dude, your slumps were not what other people would call slumps. I mean, I. <laughs> Listen, when I was in high school and every other game, it was like I was going high socks, low socks, no batting gloves, one batting glove. I was trying to figure it out just to get a hit. And <laughs> for, you, for you to be so dominant in the box and on the mound is incredible to me. Um, what, what do you think of the whole Shohei Otani thing, man? Like you as a pitcher and hitter, you got to be have some take on that. Do you think uh, Shohei Otani, ha- like, is that possible to keep doing that? Um, I think it's more, I think it's more possible I think it's great that he's doing that because it just shows that there are people out there that can do it even as much as the MLB doesn't want it to happen. But I think it's more possible if I went to Vanderbilt because I'll get a chance to hit in the fall. And then if I got a chance to hit there, I think it would be more possible from there than from coming out of high school. Right. Have you talked to Coach Corbin at all about that hitting and fielding? I I know he's going to give you a shot to do it in the fall. Is that the only way you can convince him is just to light it up in the box? I think for the most part, that's going to be my best shot because if I go in the fall and I'm not showing anything, then I don't I don't think they would risk me getting hurt for hitting when I'm there to pitch pretty much. But if I go in there and light it up in the fall at the plate, then I'm sure they'll give me opportunities to show myself. So in the fall, will you be like, are you going to hit in games that you pitch or will it be like you'll hit on days that you're not pitching? You know what I mean? I'm not sure, but if I had to guess, it'd be on the days that I'm not pitching. Right. Huh. Dude, that that's incredible. Like Corbin probably has to be thinking like, nah, no way, but I mean you have a sh- I guess you have a shot in the fall. Do you wear uh what are you wearing in the fall? Number nineteen, do you know yet? Uh actually for Vandy, we don't do numbers in the fall. That's whenever we're earning our number. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. Are you gonna stick with nineteen if it, if you if, if I can? can, I will, yes. But I'm not sure because I know that there's a – I think he's about to be a junior that has number 19 now. Oh, man, someone's got to pony up something. <laughs> yeah. We got to get 19 off this guy if he's a junior. I'm going to try. Do you think uh, – well, first let me ask you this. Why do you wear 19? Is there any specific reason? It started out when I was really little. I think it was the first travel team. I used to love Chipper Jones, but somebody already had number 10. And then at that time, I was playing shortstop, and you know Escobar was the brave shortstop, and he wore 19. Are you serious? You wear it for you know Escobar? It started out as him, and then after he left the Braves, it was Andrelton Simmons, and I really liked him too, so I just kept it. Damn, that's sick. I mean, who would have thought – how many guys out there are wearing 19 for, for you know Escobar at first? Like, not many. It can't be many. Yeah, no, not many. Um, do you think BC should retire 19? Oh, I think I mean that's up to them because I don't mm. think that they should retire and take it from other people that want to wear it. Yeah, but we can't have some guy just, like some scrub freshman just coming up wearing nineteen like the next year. Yeah, I don't know how Coach Farmer will do that. Something tells me that Coach Farmer is not thinking about it at all. Just from my brief talks with him, that he doesn't think about that kind of thing at all. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think so either. Uh, what was it like playing for him and, and also for Kyle? I know Kyle. Farmer, his brother that's on the staff too. What was it like playing for him and his brother Kyle? 
it was great just because it really felt like the whole team and the whole coaching staff was just a family because we had all day in school together and then we just carried it out onto the baseball field and then outside of school doing stuff together. It just felt like everything was tight knit and it was easy to listen to them. Yeah. Especially when they're talking baseball, those two guys know, yeah, sure. know it better than most people. Um, when you were a freshman at BC, how long did it take for you to like not be carrying bags or filling up water bottles? Like how long did they, re- how long did it take them to realize uh, that you were going to be their best pitcher and best player? You know what um, I mean? Like most freshmen have to carry the bags. Yeah, I know, which I had to do all of that too. I still did some of that this past year. That's another thing, kind of just they don't really bully the freshmen around and make them carry everything. It's just kind of everybody together. Mm, don't like that either. I'm putting that on the notes. We've got to talk to Farmer about that. The Prep Sports Report has been delivering local coverage for more than 20 years and continues to celebrate youth athletes in the Coastal Empire to this day. PSR has your daily updates on outstanding student athletes in our area every day, always free to read and scroll. Led by local legend Carl Damasi, Prep Sports Report gives fans and parents what they want without any of the extras. Your athletes, your Prep Sports Report. Visit PrepSportsReport.com today. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at prep sav. You gotta love it. Prepsportsreport.com. What was your phone like on draft day, Carter? Did you have to put it away, or were you, were you on it, or what? Um, I had it right beside me because it was. I had to respond as soon as somebody either texted or called me. So, I mean, it was it was definitely blowing up. So you're having coming. to filter through all the all the non-importance. <laughs> yes. <laughs> If you hopped on Twitter, then you would see the pick before it even got put on TV. Twitter's a wasteland, man. I love it. Yeah. Um, all right. So you've started for most of your career, Carter. Obviously, for obvious reasons, you've been dominant. But have you ever thought about what it would be like to be in a, in a different role out of the bullpen? I mean, in today's professional game especially, uh, you know, the starter role is changing every day, it feels like. Uh, have you yeah. ever thought about being in different roles, and would you be, like, open to that? I've definitely thought about it, and I've actually, I mean, like a few times in travel ball, I relieve and stuff like that, and it's, it's really, if you if you know you're going to relieve, I feel like that I can prepare myself just as if I was starting. So it's not a big of a change for me because it doesn't take me an hour and a half to get ready like some starters. I remember I used to work on the grounds crew at, at, at the Sand Nats when they were here, uh, and they were the low-A affiliate of the Mets uh, at mm-hmm. the time. And the guys in the bullpen, they would always tell us, like, you know, what's the biggest adjustment when they come up from uh, from colleges, like after the draft mid-year? Because some of them would skip short A. They would go straight to low A. And, yeah. and, you know, at this time, the guys would always tell us in the bullpen that they weren't used to sitting in a bullpen, that they would always, you know, at the levels in high school and college, they'd be in the dugout and then would walk yeah. down to a bullpen. Like, you ever think about what it would be like to watch I've a whole had, game? I've never had to just sit in the bullpen either. That would definitely be a change. What about Josh Reddick? I wanted to ask you about him. Did you ever talk to him during this whole process? He, to me, was a guy that had a similar path as you. I mean, maybe not the same, but but similar from from Guyton and South Effingham. Yeah, we talked. We talked over actually over Twitter DMs like a couple times. Not really. We didn't really get into much specific stuff, but we did talk back and forth a little bit. All right, awesome. And what, what what did he have to say to you? I mean, did did you ask him advice, or was he giving you advice, or what? 
it was actually after one of the articles came. I think it was an MLB article about me being, it was like dissing me about being short. And he sent it to me and was just talking about how not to worry about what they were saying. When did, when did 5'11 become short, by the way? Like, that sucks. I guess whenever it's a bunch of people that are 6'5 and over. I know, man. What, when all these tall guys just taking over, like, 5'11 yeah. is a, a solid height. Yeah, I know. And I mean, like, look, I'm six foot flat. Doctors have confirmed it, so it's not a big deal. But 5'11 seems like it would be legit. Yeah, it's not, I'm, I don't know. What do you think? Understand. Like, do you ever, like, I mean, wonder, like, who, who the hell comes up with these, like, numbers or, like, ideas that short guys can't be starters? I don't, I don't understand it. I think that they just look – in the draft, I just feel like it's so much of projection instead of, like, the ability they have now that, that that's why that they – don't like the shorter guys. How many guys that you know that you played like travel ball with, uh, or that were drafted that would have done what what you did, and and like passed up on those offers? I'm not sure. I feel like everybody has a different number. Like someone not committed to Vanderbilt obviously doesn't have that much leverage to go back on. So I feel sure. like that's part of an upside for me. But I mean, there's I guess it depends on what the kid wants and how he wants to live for the next however many years he's playing all right so if you do in fact head to vanderbilt you'll be following up two of the best pitchers in recent modern sec history for sure uh kumar rocker jack Leiter. have you talked to either one of those guys in any of your visits to vanderbilt in the past i did not i never actually got to see them in person we played kumar my freshman year in high school but i never talked to them personally uh, Carter, a little backstory for you. When Rocker came uh, to play you guys in high school, I didn't even realize that you were on the Benedictine team. Like I, I hadn't heard of or seen Carter Holton yet, but that was when I first saw you, and I was going to see Rocker. But I'm yeah, glad. I think it was one of our first games that year. Yeah, it was because I, didn't it get like rained out or something the day before? I don't remember, Like, but there was a chance that it wasn't going to happen. I don't remember if yeah. it was weather or, or rain or something. Yeah, that was, but I that, I remember that was the first time I saw you, and then I covered you guys uh, in the state championship game, uh, mm -hmm. which Savannah Christian was also playing that night at Grayson Stadium, or maybe not that was it that night that they were playing. I think, I think it was the next day. Okay, so it was back to back days, I think. But you guys both at the same stadium when you win that state championship as a freshman, did you feel like you were going to be back there again? Yes, I really did. I felt like we would, which I had the, the same feeling this year. Yeah. It just out on the other side. But then with, between we lost a ton of people that next year, we didn't make a very good run. And then the next year was COVID. So I was just kind of waiting to get back there. <laughs> so I'm watching the stream of you guys uh, versus Maris in the state championship game this year. And I'll never forget you, the, the shoe gate, you slipping and falling a few times. Uh, for people that haven't seen it, I'll try to explain it. So it was a few times in a row that you had like slipped coming off the mound, not in your delivery, but in your first reaction to try to get to a ball. And the, the final time you, you said to hell with it, I guess, and then walked to the foul line and asked for more cleats. Can you explain that story? Like what, what was going on? Yeah, the cleat. We since we have a we have a concrete dugout at BC, so the metal cleats just wear down awful. And it was getting late that night, so it was wet. And it was I remember two different 
plays. It was two different bunts that they popped up that were easy double plays, and I slipped right before I got to them. So then I traded cleats with someone in the dugout that had good cleats and went from there. Were you scared to cross the foul line, though? Because it seemed like you got to the foul line, and you are like, I can't. Because, I mean, that's a uh, smart yeah. play. Like, you can't do that. There's it costs a, a visit, right? There's like a rule if I think if I cross the foul line or if one of them cross the foul line that it's a mound visit or something like that. How did you know that, man? I've just seen it happen over the years. Holy hell. Because I'm thinking you get to the foul line and I'm like, what's going on? Like, I'm just watching on the stream and the announcers have no clue what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> it was just an incredible watch. And that whole series was really insane did you did you feel like that you guys were the best team in the state this year i really felt like when we were playing at our best that we were because honestly i feel like the north Dakota team was a little bit more talented than the Marist team but the Marist team just played better against us than the north Dakota did yeah i remember they had a lot of lengthy at bats man they just their lineup was really deep Marist. <laughs> yes We'll let you go, but how do people follow you or keep up with you on Twitter, Instagram? How do they find you? Okay, my Twitter and my Instagram is CarterHolt19. All right, awesome. Are you going to follow me back ever? What's what's the ad? There's so many people that follow me that I don't even see. Wow, big time flex. Big time flex. At CarterHolt19. Mine is <laughs> at Jadon Sports. Real easy, bro. On both? Yeah, on both. Okay. I'll follow you when we get off. All right, don't follow Spencer, though. Spencer's is at Spencer Maddox underscore, but don't follow him. All right. All right, thanks, Carter. Uh, I'll see you.